Welcome to the How the Why. With John Barrett Ingalls. Exploring and celebrating the creative process and the creative purpose of authors, editors, and artists that make up and inspire the Black Hill Press family. Black Hill Press is dedicated to the novella. We believe a great story is never defined by its length. Let's get creative. Hello and welcome to The How, The Why, brought to you by Black Hill Press in 1888. I'm John Barrett Ingalls, and today I, I get the uh, honor of uh, having a group conversation, uh, a three-way, if you will, uh, with Chris Heiser and Olivia Taylor-Smith. Chris is the publisher of Unnamed Press, and Olivia is the executive editor and the director of publicity and marketing. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks, John Barrett. Nice to be Barrett. here. Yes. Thank, thank you for saying John Barrett. That's, you know, a lot of people, and I don't, I won't ever correct them, but people say, oh, thank you, John, and I just bite my lip. I mean, it's hyphenated, so. I, you would think that it? most people, especially in this world, would see that, but uh, I get a lot of Johns, and uh, the 10-year-old uh, me hears my mother yelling, that's not your name. <laughs> People are very easily confused, I find, when, when they hear the three names. People think my last name is Taylor Smith sometimes, even though it's not hyphenated. It's obviously a middle name, you know, right, or right. is hyphenated. I, I don't know what's going on these days. Kids and, today. And Chris, you're, you're listed as, as CP, so oh. we're, we're, we're all three the uh, three namers. I like it. That's right. That's right. Just easier to search me. <laughs> Well, let's jump into this uh, wonderful world of uh, publication. Let's talk about Unnamed Press and how it got started. You're, you're, you're fairly new to the world. Uh, you're, what, about a year old? Or Yeah, we're, yeah. we're very new. Um, we, we started as a concept, you know, as all things do, and slowly became a reality. You know, I think at the beginning we were, you know, it's really, you sort of pretend at you at doing something until one day you realize you really are doing something. Um, this is our first full year really as a publishing house, publishing a list of books with uh, distribution. So, what, what was that concept? You said you started as a concept. What, what exactly is the concept behind Unnamed Press? Um, the initial idea was um, books with an international perspective that weren't fitting um, that were fantastic books, great authors, you know, agented possibly, but just weren't fitting on um, the lists for bigger houses. And these books were, these manuscripts were floating around that um, as we were um, doing other things um, in, in the literary world, we were, we were running it across them. So that was the initial idea was about books with perspectives and, um, and, uh, I, I, characters and plot lines that were just um, getting overlooked or passed on because they didn't easily fit a category. So you said you were both in the literary world before this. I know you both worked with the Los Angeles Review of Books. Talk about how this partnership uh, started. Was it just like, uh, you, you, yes, let's do this? Or 
kind of. We well, we started. We were working together at the Los Angeles Review of Books, and we just kept working on um, more and more projects together. Um, we did, you know, membership campaigns, and we edited a fiction issue. And when Chris, I still remember actually, I was walking down the street in Silver Lake. We just finished a meeting um, at the LA Review of Books and Chris pulled up in his BMW and he rolled down the window and he said, I've got a plan. I'm going to talk to you soon. And, and then that was pretty much the story. And I was like, okay. And uh, it, it kind of went from there. And what, um, what was the plan? That we were going to find interesting, cool books and get them out into the world. I mean, that really is the essence of, of what we do. Was there a, a had to figure a lot out after that? Was there a title in particular? Was there something that was found that was like, oh, we got to make something to create a home for this? Yeah, I think one of the first books um, was definitely Nigerian Space, which was this sort of classic example of a book that is, um, you know, it's a crime thriller, but it's about a Nigerian lunar geologist. It's about the African diaspora. It's about abalone smugglers in South Africa. So it's really hard to define and hard to pin down for, um, you know, publishers that want books that are easily described and contained. And um, it's, you know, it's more challenging. And I think that that's the sort of book that we're attracted to. Are you surprised at the uh, uh, reception that you're getting from these international titles? Or was did you have a feeling that there was a calling for that, there was a need for this in our world? Well, I mean, I think what we really thought was there was a, there, you know, there's a whole trend in international um, fiction and, and, you know, there are some great independent and nonprofit publishers out there who are who have have made quite quite a quite a splash uh, in this country um, at a, at a small level, um, and I th I think we wanted to um, really focus on not just translated literature, not just international literature, but books that were being uh, written here that just acknowledged a a, a global um, kind of wider perspective on on America's role in the world. So. Mm. I think we wanted to, rather than you know, focus on kind of um, the uh, translated literature as sort of a subgenre. We wanted to focus on bringing America, American literature, out to to kind of a, a more of a global audience, and and therefore, you know, finding authors and books that were were speaking to that audience. You know. Now, with that opening up, you know, your your original concept and then opening up to exactly what you just said about the, the America's voice in the world. How did that change how you discovered uh, your authors? How did that change what you were what you were looking for when you were reading submissions? Well, I mean, one thing I'll, I will say is that um, we were Another collaborator of ours, um, who's actually in the room right now, David Shook, was the was the editor who brought us Nigerians in Space, and he has our we have sort of a sister nonprofit publisher called Phoneme Media, who who is focused exclusively on translated literature, 
And what happened was he he had this manuscript from a guy called D.G. Olukutun, who sounds, you know, I mean, he's got a name, but he's just a, he's a New York guy, a human rights attorney. Um, yeah, he grew up in New Jersey. So grew up in Jersey. <laughs> His parents are Nigerian, but, you know, DG's, you know, and the, he wrote this book in English and David's like, well, I can't, I can't publish this as part of my mandate as a nonprofit, mm. but uh, this is a great book. And we just started talking and, and I think that's what we saw. We were finding writers like this that weren't fitting into the category. And then we just kept looking. And now for us, it's really become about finding all different kinds of voices, whether it's because they're international or, or focused on a, a part of the world that we haven't seen, or because they're talking about tough stuff that either is scaring other publishers away or is being talked about in maybe a slightly, um, you know, a new or, or challenging way. Um, we're very focused on stories and characters. We're we're not publishing experimental literature, but we are trying to publish stories that have bring something new or offer something. Yeah, new. and I think it's all about point of view. Also, you know, it's not so much who the person is or where they're from or where they're writing, but what the point of view is. And that's what's exciting, at least for me, is finding different points of view that you just that aren't available right now, or haven't been yet. So our most of your titles, uh, authors that you've solicited or, or authors who have submitted to you and they just had that thing that you're looking for? Yeah, most of them um, come through agents that we work with or, you know, an agent sends me a catalog and I'm like, that book sounds interesting. I want to read that. So it's it's back and forth, but it's a lot of it's pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, What's sort of non-traditional, though, is what we've gotten recently, which is some pretty um, established, um, well-known writers who, for you know, different reasons, want to go in a new direction and aren't submitting their books to the big publishers that published them previously. And they are interested in working with us directly. Um, and a couple have don't you know no longer have agents. Hmm. You know, and and are basically like, yeah, we we heard about you or my foreign my my foreign rights agent because I don't have a regular agent anymore. So recommended you to me, that kind of thing. That's been really interesting. And why why do you think there's this uh, move away from some of the bigger publishing houses? Um. Well. I think I don't, you know, first of all, I don't really see it as like an us versus them or anything like right. that. There's room for all of us to coexist and, you know, everything has its place in the ecosystem. But um, I do think that we offer a dedication um, to our authors that they really need. You know, we're available to them pretty much 24-7 and we're invested in promoting their careers for a long time, you know before the book, after the book, for the next book, just because we can't afford not to. So I think that um, personal connection is something that authors really, they want and they need. And it's helping to establish some new careers for our authors and also to, you know, prolong platforms that some of our authors already have. So it'll, I think that's probably the main reason. And I think our, you know, our brand has, been featured in Vice now and NPR and 
all kinds of places and it's really growing. And I think that it's an attractive brand to, to be a part of authors want to be unimpressed authors. Yeah. I think that's what came from out of, um, you know, working at the LA review of books and, you know, maybe some of our, my background, it, uh, previous to that was that we were conscious of, of branding and what, we wanted to, um, the kind of visibility we wanted to achieve and the kind of identity we wanted to have from the very beginning, you know, we, we definitely wanted to have, to be known, um, as a certain kind of publisher. Um, we didn't want to be localized. We didn't want to be an LA publisher. We, we wanted to be a publisher that had a, uh, a national kind of platform here and then internationally as well. Now talk a little bit about, uh, what you do as far as publicizing how much of that do you take take on and how much do you leave up to your authors um i don't <laughs> i love and trust my authors but i wouldn't leave them to their own devices um you know it's a lot of research this industry is really personal and my favorite thing about working in book publishing is actually how kind and generous and interesting the people are. Um, so the most important thing for publicity is about maintaining, you know, really positive personal relationships and making sure that if I tell someone, you know, I think you might really like this book that they actually would, you know, mm. um, it's just paying, it's about paying attention and, you know, memory and being, a conscientious promoter. I don't want to, there's a lot of noise and I want to be able to, um, filter that out for people. And so, so that when I do come to them and I say, I think you're going to like this book, would you consider reviewing it? They, I love it, you know, and then they trust me. So it's just about building lasting relationships. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's part of the brand too, is, you know, each book hopefully builds on that a little bit more, but Olivia is amazing. You know, we, we have a couple of writers who aren't publishing this year with us. They're writers for next year and, um, or, or later this year. And, you know, in the last couple of weeks, she's play, she's helped them place articles, not excerpts or anything, um, just to w help them work on their platform, you know, mm -hmm. out there, um, as writers. Right. You know? And I think that that is something that's pretty, um, you know, not probably not a ton of publishers have the the bandwidth to do, um, um, or just aren't aren't focused on that. So that's something we really like to do, especially with authors that, you know, well, we do it with everybody, whether yeah. they're debut or not. We're always thinking we we want to be active with our with our writers. Building, and building trust and con I want them to be confident in me. Um, sure. Because it's a stressful thing when you have this book that you've written and it's going to go out into the world. And I want them to feel that they're in you know, good hands. So. But what you were just talking about, about getting them writing other articles, it's, you talked about building the brand of unnamed press, but you're also building the brand of that specific author as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, hey, you really should write yeah, what an about article this? about... Uh, you know, the elections or whatever, you know, and <laughs> now I they, see. they're good writers and they deliver stuff more like, wow, that's a great essay, yeah. you right. know, that's get placed and it does, you know, we have not been disappointed. Now, I, I mean, at, at this point, like based on uh, 
what you have on your website, there there are 15 titles and 15 authors. Uh, you, you have a projected release all the way up until next year. Um, do you see as that grows? I mean, it looks like at this point you're releasing a book almost every month. Is that ever going to get to the point where it's too big and too many I don't want to say mouths to feed, but mouths to feed as far as attention and uh, publicity and marketing. Well, I hope not because we're doing twice as many books next year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's all just a balancing act. And hopefully as, you know, that expands, we'll also expand as a company. We'll have more people that I'll train. You know, it's just about growing. Um responsibly yeah but you know we, we always felt you know we we re re realized pretty quickly that you know we didn't want to be just um you know a boutique publisher doing a couple books a year it didn't make any sense to us in terms of uh that being what we did for our our life you know <laughs> like yeah. right that's, that's a hobby you know um and so we went back and and we found you know a distributor who could help us scale up as we scaled up and uh, sort of committed to growing really aggressively over a, a few years and um, while keeping kind of on track with our brand and, and but expanding what we're offering and going in new directions. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's definitely, I, I mean, the thing is we're learning as we go all the time. So, <laughs> you know, talk to us in a year. Yeah. And we'll sure. Yeah, but this is also, I mean, this is my full-time job, you know, I'm right. at the office every day working on the weekends. So it's, you know, there's time to, you just, it's time management, I guess, yeah. is the short answer. <laughs> yeah. we have some great, we have some great help in this office. Um, yeah. We're not, al we're not alone. We're not so. alone. <laughs> Jacob, Amanda. We cry that at night. We're yeah. not alone. Yeah. I mean, but when you started off, it was just you two. At what point in the last year did you see it? Oh, this is something that we we have something here that is going to be more than just a you know a little part time press. Yeah. Or did you know right away that that's what you wanted? Pretty soon we we wanted to do it right. Yeah, away. we were ready to commit to it fully. I mean, we had to. That was the only <laughs> way it was going to work. Yeah, I you know we sort of I I sort of seed funded it, the the project originally, and then then we realized we really needed to find some investment. You know. And uh, to tolerate what was going to be a pretty rough couple of years in terms of uh, revenues, you know, as as you know, you know, you mm -hmm. book book um, <laughs> book revenues are slow. Yes. They come in slowly, and then and and you have to build a cycle that can um, withstand that. And we're still, you know, we're learning about about that still, you know. But we we just set up some goals and and for it. So we'll see, you know. Now you mentioned that uh, your your next cycle is going to be t twice as many released, uh, and and you were also talking before we started here about some of the uh, uh, bigger names. Do you mind going, giving us a little uh, hint yeah. of what to expect? Yeah, well, you pick one, and then I'll I'll pick one. Only people we've actually signed contracts with, right? <laughs> uh -oh. You handle that. Well, one no, thing no. I'm really excited about. Um, just personally and as an editor is that our winter list just sort of happened to be um, an all-female roster just because 
you know, the best books that we read at the time were all by women. Um, and so I'm really proud of these five very interesting, very different authors from around the world that we're going to be publishing um, starting in December. And also, that's the thing, too, about, you know, being worried about the authors coming out next year. I'm already dealing with <laughs> twice as many authors. You know, right. we're doing everything five, six months in advance. Um, but, yeah, so I guess um, Seahorse is one that I'm really excited about, which is coming out in January by a woman named Janice Pariot. Um she lives in New Delhi right now, but she she divides her time between New Delhi and Rome, so we can be a little bit jealous of her. And <laughs> yeah, it's just this really beautiful um, sort of contemplation on nostalgia and memory and love. And I'm just so excited. And it goes from New Delhi to London, and I'm, I'm just so excited about it. I'm blown away by her writing. And we have a great cover. Yeah, we have a very cool cover. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's very yeah. cool. And that's something that we like, you know, all, most of our covers are collaborations with, with artists that we, um, we go out and find and ask mm -hmm. if they want to work with us, you know, and, yeah. um, we're, we're always amazed and flattered by the, the positive response we usually get. So that's been really a neat experience. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Some <laughs> late night Googling, late you know, night Googling a lot of seahorse art question mark yeah <laughs> see what happens or, yeah we really <laughs> but that's amazing you know the other the other artists on that um the, the well the other writers on that same winter list you know russ like everyone else is is an amsterdam slash london based visual artist and novelist but adrian's who, who provided us with kind of the core art for her cover that then our, our, uh, our designer uh, worked on with her as a collaboratively. Um, you know, and that's been amazing. And Age of Blight, uh, a, a little book of like speculative horror, um, has a, uh, a young RISD artist attached to it um, that's going to provide art throughout that. So yeah, that's that been really amazing. Lives in the Philippines too, and that was one of those times when we just got an yeah. email from the Philippines, and we were like, "These stories are so weird and cool and fun, and you know, we just had to do it." Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was just an email from the was, Philippines. It was no agent. Uh -huh. Really, an email from the yeah. Philippines. Um, yeah, what was going to say? Yeah, there's that. So that list is really exciting to me. I think. Um, and just shows sort of the diversity and the scope of what we're doing. As you're growing, how, how much time is spent reading submissions? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, uh, it goes cyclically. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely. <laughs> we have a good little, uh, editorial committee that includes, um, some editors at large and it includes, uh, everyone in the office and then also people that we kind of asked to come on and be guest guest readers for a, for a while and that's a really fun part of our our month in yeah, fact we're having one today we're right, after one this. right after this yeah and that's really gratifying I don't know about you but I think just talking about what's coming through why why you like something um, that's really why we do it right right well and then also I, I having this projection of uh future titles i think that's great for 
marketing and publicity as well because you can already get people interested even though they have to wait you know six months until the book comes out yeah well it's just our sales team too at publishers group west i mean they need everything you know like eight you know eight to ten months in advance preferably that's, yeah. your dis- that's your distributor, publishers group. Yeah, list. yeah. So it's really we had to align with their schedule, and actually, when that happened, that's when it was sort of like, oh, I had this feeling like, okay, this is really serious yeah. now. These people need us to get our act together and get them everything by these deadlines. Yeah, and it really it <laughs> it whipped us into shape. Yeah, I have their intake uh, schedule right over <laughs> my desk. I'm actually it. staring at it right now, <laughs> and you know. They're asking for a list, uh, like completed marketing copy for um, books that, um, you know, come out uh, a year from now. Wow. Yeah, next summer. So So marketing copy for books a year from now. That, mm-hmm. That's the schedule we're on. So we sort of really have been forced to commit to, um, and it's been great. I think it's the single biggest reason we really have been able to, to yeah, otherwise we would have just up. been like, oh, what? let's just give ourselves another month, yep. you know, and we can't do that anymore. No. So you have titles up until or going past a year from now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, we're we're through, working on fall. Yeah, so we have oh, my goodness. August 2016 more or less figured out. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit with Black Hill Press in 1888. We started this project at the beginning of this year called Routinology, where we uh, we talk about what are a daily routine or or the the creative routine of editors, of writers, publishers, artists. Why don't both of you tell us a little bit about what your routine is? And that could just be your routine in the office. I know we touched on it a little bit, but what is what needs to happen in order for everything to fall into place? Um, well, we both have matching clear clipboards, and we it's a lot of to-do lists. Every day I write, I handwrite my own to-do list, and sometimes there's carryover from the previous day, there's new things, but I just write it out every day um, so that I know what I have to do, because otherwise I have to write it down to remember it, basically. Mm to keep track of everything. Um, Yeah, so it's making a lot of lists, making charts. I I do a lot by hand. Um, Yeah. Are are you you good at, uh, (laughs) do you check off everything on a regular, or are there a lot of unfinished? Um, There's a lot of carryover adjustments, um, but then it is very rewarding when I can just do a strike through, you know. Yes, that's always rewarding. That's nice. Yeah, we definitely have daily lists i i mean but what i like about our job and my job is that it's it's not ever very routine yeah and i realized i had this kind of moment of clarity about myself when when we when i started handling this but even before when i was still juggling this and still at the uh, la review of books and helping them you know start up too because they are really just coming out of their kind of real startup phase i think this year um and which was that I, you know, I, I never liked doing too much of one thing, you know, and um, this job is about handling a lot of different things all the time and going between them. And I realized I'm pretty good at like, you know, handling different storylines, you know, 
at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And Olivia's yeah. good at it too. You know, we and we like it. You know, we like to jump around and and, and jump around. Do that. It is a lot of jumping around. It's a lot of <laughs> multitasking. And the nice thing, I guess, I don't know if it's a routine. I guess it's the opposite. But, um, you know, I can choose to do some marketing, email people, work on a special project, or I can just, you know, turn off the internet and work with a piece of literature. And I just, that variety is really nice. Um, like Chris was saying. But yeah, so I don't know if it's a routine. The the note-taking and the Nespresso machine is definitely a part of my routine. I was going to say, it up. sounds like you need a little uh, caffeine for that jumping around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Nespresso machine definitely does it. Um, I'm going to ask another question. I'm probably going to edit and throw this somewhere else in there. Uh, okay. So I'm going to make it sound like this is at another part of the interview. <laughs> uh, or you could be whack and just leave all this in. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I probably will. I'm probably going to leave this in. Um, but I'm curious, be, because you you know, you know, did have that original inception of, of having international titles, is there a, a pressure with all of these new uh, books coming out? Is there a pressure to keep some of them as translation, some of them as uh, somewhat international, or is it just whatever is fitting, whatever has that, uh, that, uh, story and that, uh, character driven and, and is fitting with your brand. Yeah, I would say it's more brand driven. And again, it's also about point of view. You know, we have this author, Kate Desherry, who's American. She wrote this hilarious book called the fine art of fucking up. And that's set in the Midwest, which to me feel as an Angelino and as a, pretentious Angelino felt very foreign. Absolutely. You know? And it was a point of view that I hadn't heard before. So it's, you know, it always depends. But we definitely are committed to publishing, a, you know, a diverse range of authors. We have a lot of authors of color. We have a lot of female authors. We do keep that in mind. You know, we want to be representative of the world at large and not just of, um, maybe an outdated vision of what or who a writer is. Does that diversity come into play when deciding when to release a book? Or wh how do you decide when <laughs> what's going to be released when? Well, some books have a feeling, you know, like this is a summer read. You know, some books you could just, you can just feel it. Some authors have, um, you know, event the ones that already have careers have events that are coming up and so mm. we want to plan it to their events you sure. know there are trade shows with booksellers there are, are book festivals there are all those sort of um public things to keep in mind but um yeah i mean no but yeah we do take that into consideration sure i mean yeah. you, were, you were talking about the winter uh the the female author celebration i wonder if that was like uh hap it just happened that way like that wow we've got all these that way that really did that really did we, we paused in the office one day and once we kind of finalized it but afterward you know and just said hey hey yeah i was like oh, oh look this is great stuff, <laughs> you know it was really interesting because we know you know it was it just sort of spoke i think to how how we're how we're handling our acquisitions you know and and our publishing and also the voices that we're attracted to 
you know. Yeah. Right. Well, I love everything that you're doing, and I, I am so excited for everything that's coming up. Uh, it's it's great, and uh, I want to thank you both for taking the time to, to chat with us. Oh, yeah, thank you. We're thank excited you. to uh, be talking to you. We're uh, equally fans of you guys down there, too. Well, and I, also at the Barnes & Noble event. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I get me and uh, one of your We're authors. Stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. I am out of town, so I'm missing that one. I, I'm super bummed, but I'll be back for the panel. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, reading uh, Gallagher's book and uh, having that conversation with him. I think it'll be a lot of fun. This has been The How, The Why by Black Hill Press in 1888. I'm John Barrett Ingalls. The show is produced by Kevin Stanick and yours truly, with production assistance by Sarah Becker. The music is Mayalua by Bossa Zuzu. I wanted to thank everybody for your creativity and your inspiration and to remind you all to keep making art. Thank you.